This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they boot up the consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. Welcome back to the library, everyone. Joining us again for having a good time with Halo and stuff like that. This week, we're talking about the Covenant and all of its many facets. Covenant. Uh, of course, I'm Austin, joined once again by my buddies Shane, James, and Bryant, talking all about all sorts of fun things, mostly just the Covenant, though. So, uh, why talk about the Covenant? Simple. I wanted to. So, the Covenant. <laughs> uh, also referred to as the Covenant Empire or the Covenant Hegemony, which of course nobody calls it that. Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Hegemony. Uh, hegemony. I'm so glad you asked. Bro, you're built like a hegemony. Google. Hey, yo. Google. Google. Leadership or dominance, especially by one country or social group over others. See, hegemony I mean, is actually like a word that's used a lot especially throughout history but i just i never once looked it up even when i was actually like writing papers about them in college like no just i never spent any time i don't know how i got grades that were that good on those papers but anyway um so uh one of the main reasons why i wanted to cover this one today gentlemen was because i mean the last two episodes we covered the precursors to get us started and then we talked about the forerunners and of course the forerunners are what the covenant worships Mm-hmm. It's kind of in a very inaccurate way, but they worship them. So just slightly inaccurate, sli- just a little. So mm-hmm. I figured this would this makes the most sense. This this clicks. This makes this checks. So uh, we're gonna be going over covenant and other covenant adjacent things today. Um, now I'm looking. I'm honestly getting excited for the conversation about it though, because uh, well, first of all. I know for you, Shane, Hidden Xperia has a little bit of a hard-on for Covenant and Covenant-related topics. I mean, his his intro, isn't it? I haven't seen him in a long time, so isn't it like some sort of... Uh, it's an elite silent animation. Silent Shadow. Yeah. It's, a, it's a silent shadow. He, I remember when he first um, posted like a new video with the new intro, he was just like, he could not stop talking about it. And rightfully so, it was really, really cool, and he kind of used like the, the hype from the new Elite in Halo Infinite. He kind of used like he based it off of that. I mean, he always knew obviously what Silent Shadows were, but yeah. he like saw it like 
in game and how cool he looks. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I got to have that. Well, it'll be great to actually have that covered in the future. Cause in the future, we are going to talk about uh, the silent shadow. It's going to be way down the line as far as how we're scheduling this stuff out. But uh, it is going to be something that we talk about because the silent shadow are uh, in the scientific world considered to be cool. So, um, wow, very nice. <laughs> uh, and on the other side of things, um, going over to you, Brian and James, uh, Brian, I know that you have been reading a, a good amount of the covenant related books recently. I have, yeah, they've been very interesting. Um, I don't, there was the one that you recommended to me where it talked about basically the origins of how the San met the broken circle, Sanhili. yeah, broken circle. That was really good. Um, so I've been getting a lot of insights into that, so it's been very eye-opening, and there's a lot of twists that give a very different feel to the whole shebang. Yeah, after reading one book, you can really start seeing a lot of different stuff going on with Halo 2, especially, since that was yeah. that was the end of everything. But we'll go into that later. Now, uh, James, I'm just excited to talk about Covenant with you, just because you are the Covenant. I am. I, you're, you're the embodiment of it. I am basically. I would describe myself as a covenant enjoyer, maybe even a supremacist. Covenant, covenant um, enthusiast. You go to James's LinkedIn. It doesn't have anything else. It had no work history, no degree from high school and or college. It just said it's a blank, you know, screen, and at the very top in big black font, covenant enthusiast. That's it. <laughs> yes, that's yes, all there that's is. A, Pretty, pretty spot on description of my whole personality. Um, <laughs> Even outside of gaming, he introduces. Hey, I'm all James. I have. You, you have. I, I, you saw the arbiter on your immediately, dash. Uh, no, that was that. That has been re- since removed because no. I no longer own that vehicle. What the fuck? I was hoping you were gonna put him onto your new car. <laughs> yeah, but then you see when I switched vehicles and I realized how hard it was to take it off I was like huh <laughs> <laughs> that's it huh <laughs> well it still exists and that's all we, that's all we really need yeah so um, he's still hanging out he's still out he's still around good we need to keep RB around I think I got no I don't think I actually have any elites I thought Carbine. I had at least one but I have several yeah <laughs> <laughs> I um, like to have one in every room of the house to keep me warm. They don't want you to know this, but you can just take an elite. I have 47 elites at home. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that that meme that's like the grunts on the Halo rings are free. You could take them home. I have 127 grunts. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen that meme, I couldn't remember the whole thing. I It's it's burned into my memory. I will never forget that meme. It, it made me laugh so hard. And plus the number of times that in our group chats we would spam that meme. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's that was a good one. <laughs> um, good times. But to get us uh, officially started on the, on the topic, I was thinking the best way to go about it would be, uh, I don't really want to go too deep into their history just because there's there's too many layers we'd be sitting many, here for hours too many species so we'll t- we'll take the whenever we get to future seasons of this show and everything we'll talk about does inter- the actual species themselves and have fun with that but for now it's just the covenant as a whole as a single identity that whole thing um so the the covenant started actually a long time ago a really long time ago 
in a galaxy far, far. Sorry. Actually, wrong, it's wrong our franchise. galaxy. That's yeah, the wild yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the wrong franchise. <laughs> in a galaxy right in front of you, there were yes, the there were two different species that it decided to intermingle and communicate with one another, and that is the Sanshayum, or the creatures that would become the prophets, and the Sangheili, or the elites. Uh, and these two, I, I mean, they weren't exactly like friends to start with. They were for a bit, kind of. Uh, but then, because of how the San Shayum saw Forerunner artifacts and how they would be like, hey, we should use these as weapons. And the Singhealer are like, no. And so they got into <laughs> no. a fight. Um, no. uh, which surprisingly enough actually lasted 86 years. I'm not exactly sure how the Singhealer <laughs> kept up a fight using. Rather primitive weapons for that long, but they did pretty uh, much. Sticks. I, I for, yeah, I was gonna say I remember like I forget it might have been I might have seen it on a terminal, but I remember like it showed life, um, Saint Healy life like before they joined the Covenant, yep, and before the before the Senshayum arrived, and like it gave me like they were there was like a boat and they were just like using fucking paddles still mm -hmm. like on this boat, and it just reminded me like. Kind of very, very Viking-esque and kind of put it into perspective, like, where they were technologically, like, before, you know, everything hit the fan. Yeah. Well, the obvious allegory with the Sanghili is, um, Japanese culture. A, yes. like, feudal society. Um, uh, just with the, the way they speak, the way they carry themselves really, like, invokes the samurai, especially if you look at any, like, media about pre-covenant, um, like Sangheili colonies. So that's the imagery that always pops out to me. So basically it's like a bunch of samurai going up against like, you know, a sci-fi future army and they held out for decades. Yeah. Which was very based. ridiculous. Were you going to say something, Brian? They did have some of their own spaceships though, right? They had already, they had become a, a spacefaring species at that point when they met the Sanshayum. Uh, at the point that they met the Senshayum, um, so it, I, as far as I'm aware, they had either just adopted it and thus didn't know exactly how to use it or didn't have it at all. Um, because their technology advanced with the Covenant at the same time. So when it came to adapting technology over to the Covenant, there wasn't much to adapt. Um, but they were at, at least recently spacefaring so much of the combat was not spacefaring and to that point most of the reason why it wouldn't be spacefaring was because of the terrifying fact that the Sanshayum had the dreadnought yeah. uh, and that thing I mean it's a forerunner ship that no one knows how to destroy so the Sangheili were like mm, nah and just gave up <laughs> The gist that I got Fall was that if it hadn't been for the Dreadnought, the Sangheili probably would have won. Yeah, they were strong. <laughs> yes, they were that, they were resilient. Well, it shows the my... difference in... Go ahead, James. Go ahead. Uh, it shows the difference in philosophy in the reason that they fought in the first place. Uh, mm -hmm. The Sanshai, the, Their main disagreement was the use of Forerunner artifacts. The Sangheili wanted to preserve them, not use them, and basically worship them, and the Sanshayum were fully willing to exploit all of their, you know benefits you know so yeah the dreadnought yeah. is the reason they won 
and also the reason they got their way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, I was going to say that's that was the question I was basically going to ask because again, still kind of learning bits and pieces as we go. Yeah, I know there was like certain species that didn't join the covenant willingly. I was going to ask like, did they secondly just eventually give up and join, or like did they willingly go and join? So them? it was like it was a mix. They they surrendered, but. They also, over time, slowly adopted the Covenant's way of thinking, but it, there was, that much is obvious. Yeah, there was still <laughs> like there was still over time though. There were still leaks of well, that doesn't make much sense in the right. elites ranks. Um, I mean, and, I mean that that there's I mean in Halo Three before you know the Arbiter kills Truth, he's like you your kind never believed in the promise of the Sacred Ring. So like there was always some type of doubts. But I mean, if they were technologically outmatched. Then mm-hmm. I mean, they By had to do what they had shot. to do to survive. By yeah, they had to do what they had to ship, do, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but that's just how it was. Um, once it, that got started, though, that was when the covenant really began. Because th- by that point, I mean, there was these two species that had started working together, and it started growing from there. Over the course of like a thousand years, the covenant started gra- gathering. Actually, close to two thousand. Um, they started gathering up all these different kinds of species. The first one they grabbed were the Lekolo, which is the hunters. They got those thanks to the work of a of an arbiter that tamed them. Um, and the second one that they grabbed was the Yanmae, which were the drones, those little flying bugger things. I was going to say, that's another name I didn't know. Them and the brutes are the names that like I was drawing a blank on. I So Halo 2 shipped, uh, the limited edition, shipped with this special booklet that told you all the species names at the end of it. And I just I just read it repeatedly until <laughs> I remembered all of them. I, that was I like 10 years ago. I've learned the names basically just by playing with you guys, honestly. That makes sense. Like, I mean, uh, ob- and like you know, obviously, Terminals exist, and mm-hmm. I've picked up a few things from Terminals. But, like, outside of that, like, it's definitely been just playing with you guys. The St. Healy, obviously, is the most memorable. Pop quiz, what's a kid you are? That's a jackal. Yeah. <laughs> I was That's say, a jackal. I, I, uh, this a might be a hot take, and I know James is going to disagree with me, in my opinion, the kid you are the the most fascinating aspect of the covenant. Oh wow. I in my opinion. I, I here's the thing, I don't agree, but I can't I also agree. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> because they're the I most they're more... they're most they're weirdly they're 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 so uncomplex that they're extremely complex. Uh, they are basically animals. <laughs> like... Yeah, they, they, it's kind of they're that, that in my opinion the most the definitely I mean they're I mean, definitely Saint Helier are definitely up there, but I was gonna say definitely the scariest if you think about them, especially like oh yeah, in Halo Four, like just if Halo Four through Five, how they act and how they talked and the the relook the rework design behind them, definitely scary. And I know I like how they're like more or less scavengers and bounty hunters and pirates, like sp- literal fucking space pirates that just go around and will work for the highest bidder. Nothing will make you more scared of the Kigyar slash Jackals than Hunt the Truth Season 2. No, that, I, that's exactly oh, what, gosh, I, that's that what season. I, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of when we were on our the, way to Outpost Discovery. We listened yeah, to that, dis- and I remember listening to the chapter with when they were on the the ship with the Kigyar. Mm. The, the, the description of what it's like inside of a Jackal pirate ship is still in my brain and still <laughs> makes me just go... F- <laughs> like no, the, it's something makes about me feel them. Nasty. Sick. 
Yeah, something it's just something about them that I've always been fascinated with. And like and then just for whatever reason they're incredible shots as well. Like they they have great accuracy. And it's just, I don't know, something about that just like really, really interesting. Like something 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 so animal can be that intelligent and have that kind of like knowledge for weaponry. Pretty uh, pretty scary stuff. Well, just wait, because we're going to get to the real experts here in a second, which is surprisingly, it's actually kind of surprising to me. But after the Yanma'i, we got the Kigyar. The Kigyar were basically just bought. Uh, the Covenant were just, hey, this would be kind of neat. And the Kigyar are like mutual benefit. And so they just mm-hmm. they just hopped in. That's so why I said like to the high, they work for the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. And the Covenant yeah, is you, definitely I mean, that. Now, yeah, well, for Jackals sure. I mean, are pretty quirky. They did poison the gene pool of the grunts. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> quirky. <laughs> gotta, 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 gotta love the good old Angoli rebellion. But that, that, like, all things considered, and how far like advanced the Covenant was. Like, obviously, humanity didn't have anything to offer them. But imagine humanity did. Imagine humanity had something that the Kigyar actually wanted in the midst of like the Great Schism or something like that. And humanity is like, hey, we have cool stuff for you. Um, kill the prophets and come join and fight for humanity. I don't put it past them to do that. Well, to an extent, humanity did have something for them because Kigyar were known to trade with humans, especially the outer colonies. Cole Protocol goes all about that. And like Cole oh, Protocol is, that, is I that's that's yeah. something I have no, I've known, I didn't know that. Like, Basically, is that, at, did they do that before or after the, I mean, obviously it was during. not fucking before. During. during, really. Yeah, there was a. Not all, yeah, not, not all the jackals were a part of the covenant. There were different, they're like clans and stuff. I don't know if that's the right uh, term. Tribes, tribes, tribes if you will. Yeah. How I would say it. Yeah, the tribes of, uh, not all the tribes of the Kigyar were a part of the covenant and some of them just actually lived on human colony worlds yep didn't know that yep but that yeah. specific planet didn't end too well so that story no. is a good one. <laughs> oh gosh but hey the odsts were popping off in that story <laughs> yes, uh, they so were. you guys might have to uh educate me on that that's that fine we're just, cool. we're just going to dedicate an entire season of this show to books one day guarantee it <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah I'll just be Honestly, like, all right, gentlemen, here's the reading <laughs> assignment for the week. Yeah, Shane, all you have to do, really, yeah, like, more like my audible assignment. Knowing, yeah, I have to, with what you're saying about not knowing the um, the species names and stuff like that. All you have to do is read one of the books that has a decent perspective from the Covenant side, and it'll just be ingrained in your brain after that because <laughs> the amount of times they say the actual names of the of the species instead of drones or brutes or elites it'll it's it just gets ingrained into your brain it's so funny it is kind of weird obviously it's for players but it is kind of weird when you do step back and think about it that in the games you hear the covenant refer to them by their human given names i like to think of it as the same experience as when america started taking on the name yankee from the british because it was an insult (laughs) they just rep it (laughs) Like, I it. like the ring well, see, of like, that. And just start using well, it's the same I... thing as like colonists coming to the Americas, like start saying, you know, Indians because, you know, that's just how it caught because they thought they were in India. Yeah. And then like native tribes started being like us Indians. Like, <laughs> like I mean, to be fair, though, like we gave them some pretty cool names. Like imagine like you start <laughs> fighting your enemy and they're like, oh, my God, here comes an elite. And they're like, oh, 
I like that. I'm going to start calling That's cool. All the names. Yeah, I was going to say the poor grunts, though. <laughs> that, that's the only one I wouldn't be happy with, but who cares what the grunts think, apparently. Exactly. And that's probably like, why the, the... The brutes? The brutes do call them grunts, so that does check. Hunter? Like, the hunt, like, a, yeah, dude, like, all around, we give them some pretty cool names. Hunter is so probably I mean, the biggest understatement of what they are. No, yeah. ever. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, there they them, are. Honestly, there's a, t there's a if, twin pair of horrors beyond my human comprehension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you saw, like, think of it this way. If, like, you gave someone who knows nothing about Halo a word box and then pictures, they would probably look at the hunter and say, or they'd probably see the word hunter and put it with, like, jackal or something. Like, Jack, yeah, a, ja a jackal would probably like if you call. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see getting like looking at a jackal and calling it a hunter. Like that checks out for me. That for me, that makes a lot of sense for yep. some reason. I mean, I can't even say for some reason. It's just uh, again how animal they look and how they act. Like I mean, obviously, like if you were just going off a picture, but just by looking at it, I don't know. There's something mm -hmm. about them. Um, going and going into the species that uh that started getting into the. To the covenant the last one to join in uh was the jirohane but the species just before the jirohane and the species after the kegyar were the ungoy and those are the grunts uh, also jirohane are the brutes but the grunts was i mean their story is funny because they were just they were it's they were sad. taken what from do you mean the, funny <laughs> I, th I think it's funny because it's of how long it took for it to happen because first of all the grunts were taken from their home world and used as a laborer race, basically. Like they were yeah, just. What's funny? <laughs> Here's the funny part. It took them 320 years for them to rebel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, sounds about right. This kind of this kind of sucks. <laughs> 300 years what later. What do you mean? We're living the life. No, we're not. <laughs> Suck on food nipple. Life great. <laughs> life oh, great. Gosh. Uh, so. Basically, the the grunts had this whole rebellion. It was a real hodgepodge of mistakes and things, and so the prophets are like, "Oh no, bro!" And they send in the arbiter. They send well, they they have a new arbiter, and then send the arbiter in to deal with that. And so the arbiter, with a calm, collected head, goes destroy their homeworld. And so they do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so the Sangheili absolutely obliterated the planet turned that bad boy to glass um there's only a little bit of it left that's still somewhat habitable but that's never going to happen anyway so who cares uh and so then after that happened uh the grunts disheartened beyond belief and now by this point pretty much uh entirely inbred thanks to that that thing that we brought up earlier about the kgr poisoning grunt <laughs> genotypes um, or genetics, basically. Uh, they just—they were still intelligent and they were still smart. Not okay. They were still strong. I was trying to say that they were still intelligent and they were still strong, but they have this new layer of idiocy to them. <laughs> uh, Very evident in the games. Yeah, and so like they learned the English language faster than any other species. They can learn equipment, vehicles, weapons faster than any other species, and they they clearly demonstrate intelligence throughout the entirety of the story. But of course, they are still small. They're weak and fragile in comparison to all the other species. So who really cares? Um, but once the the draw and a got brought in, which they were in the middle of a civil war, 
when they were found and the covenant were like, hey, stop it. And so they did. Uh, yeah, those things happen all the time. It, it's it's <laughs> fine. It does that all the time. <laughs> so, Civil War number like 370. Uh, the covenant finally is fully complete. There are a couple other species here and there like Huragok and stuff. Um, there's one other species that I know about, but I don't remember the name, and there's only like like 50, 500 of them, so it doesn't really matter anyway. But there are other species. It's just they more serve as like citizenry in a way. Uh, so, so like the Covenant is a lot of other species. We just don't get to see them all. Uh, there's actually, it, it, like in terms of Halo lore, we don't actually know all the species the Covenant had in its ranks. Um, we only know about scary. the ones that were used the most frequent. I so did not know th there that. Were others. Yeah, so there were others. We don't know what they were. We know about one of them because That's of... slightly terrifying. I'm not going to lie, yeah. though. We do know about one of them thanks to Nightfall, though. That one random alien at the at the beginning that was getting interrogated by Locke. That, that, was, that species is from the Covenant. Oh. But... We're probably never going to see them again, though, because people were like, that looks so much like it was ripped from Star Wars. Huh. So I they just... Remember. I saw Nightfall, like, once. I don't remember the alien you're talking about. I saw it one and a half times. I fell asleep during my second viewing. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it not good? I remember. It, uh, it's a good way to put it. It matches um, Locke. It's, it's kind of interesting. Locke is boring. the most interesting character, aside from the Spartan, in that movie. Huh. But anyway, um, so after the Covenant is finally, at, for the most part, complete and ready to go, uh, they, they decided to continue their search for Forerunner artifacts, so they're using these fancy little devices uh, that I for, once again forgot the name of, uh, uh, Bryant Help. Uh, the oh, the Luminaries. Luminaries, yes. They were using those things and scouring the galaxy looking for Forerunner artifacts. When they come upon a planet that is straight up covered in the stuff, like <laughs> it is riddled with forerunner artifacts, that's baller, says the Covenant. So they send in their brute chieftain at the time, Maccabeus, and this dude goes down. And he's like, hey, yo, I don't mean to alarm you. This is not artifacts. This whole species is registering as forerunner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're like, well, that's not cool. That kind of undermines the whole hey man, purpose, that's not right? Because cool. we're supposed to be the ones that go on the great journey. I don't... What do you think, Truth? Oh. Kill them. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> hey there, Halo fans. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 
Yeah, I don't think Maccabeus ever actually realized it was the humans that were registering as the um as the artifact. He didn't, but Maccabeus really he... did want peace. Yeah, but like it, it, it's wild that even the uh, the guys that were on the Covenant that were on the scene, they didn't realize what was happening. They thought they were just hiding all the artifacts, mm -hmm. and then when the prophets realize what's going on thanks to one of the um one of the oracles or whatever they're actually called um one of the one of mr forgeballs um they learn the truth and literally <laughs> decide that genocide is the answer oh are you talking about the ai that was in the in the uh oh why am i forgetting the the dreadnought the dreadnought yeah, was he not a forge ball? He so the AI of the ship, the ship itself was alive. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a monitor, but it was like an AI that was left alive on the ship. There's, I, I'm fairly certain there's some arguments that have been made that it was Mendicon Bias himself. Oh, okay. I must have misunderstood the way it was described. I think I just translated it into a into a monitor in my yeah, brain. Yeah, I I could see like I'm I'm of course I have my resources pulled up so I could just like read as I'm explaining stuff and see if there's anything that they say about that but um yeah, all that they really say on the broad scale of things is the the prophets purposely misinterpreted things so that they could lead the Sanshayum down a path, path that would lead to their loss of personal power. Oh, that's yeah. a good way to put it. That's that's pretty neutral. <laughs> and that's something that I think that was the biggest like obviously that's a big thing but I think that was the biggest uh, thing that changes the way that Halo feels to me like the war with the Covenant because to an extent like there's like it's it's very evident even in real life how uh, wars and disagreements can break out i don't know why i did it in that order disagreements and even war can break <laughs> out due to uh differences in opinion of religion basically mm -hmm. um and so i think to an extent uh i thought it was sort of sad for the covenant to have this uh belief like no knowing where it first originated and how long they'd been doing it, but obviously been going for thousands of years. And then, so they have this strong belief and they see these people that are desecrating their, their holy relics and they're doing what they think is right. And so to an extent at first, I'm like, well, that's kind of sad that they're just wrong. And then you find out they knew the whole time yeah. and you're just like, oh, okay, well, never mind. You guys suck. <laughs> and, and I did, I did find the detailed explanation of it. So I'm just going to rip straight from Halopedia here so I don't get anything wrong. So okay. before their coup, the prophets visited the philo, phil, philologist, philologist, Hod Rumt, leader of the ascetic priests aboard the Forerunner Dreadnought and Keeper of the Oracle, which was actually the long-dormant Mendicant Bias, an ancient AI that had not spoken to anyone for thousands of years. When the Luminations of Harvest were inserted into its matrix, it suddenly reactivated and revealed that the basis of their religious in institutions was, in fact, a misinterpretation. Not only were recently discovered humans considered equals to the Forerunners by the Oracle, but the hallowed Reclamation Glyph in the Covenant Faith actually meant Reclaimer, 
They believed, erroneously, that humans were descended from the Forerunners, a fact that directly contradicted the, <laughs> the central tenet of the, core, of the Covenant religion, that none should, would be left behind when the Great Journey began. If humans were the chosen successors of the Forerunners, or were surviving Forerunners themselves, yet had not transcended when the Sacred Rings were last activated, then that meant that the Halos would not provide godhood to all who walked the Divine Path. <laughs> yep. And so the prophets are like, that's stupid, and just ignored it, and <laughs> just continued leading it down a path trying to kill all of humanity so that they could, I guess, at some point find a way to rise to their own godhood but ultimately it just drove them insane so <laughs> it mean. got to the point that like they felt like the new they knew the the rings would not like do what they thought it would do they were mm -hmm. so stubborn they were so incredibly stubborn they knew like lighting these rings would kill everything but just to keep up their own little facade they were like oh no we're gonna we're still gonna do it even the brutes get exposed they sit there and watch <laughs> they, the brutes sit there in halo 3 and watch truth say I admit, I need your help, but that truth dies with the rest of you. Like, the birds sit, the, there's birds sitting there like, hey, what do you mean you need him? Like, what, <laughs> what, like, you put two, are you that stupid? And they actually, <laughs> I mean, they are that stupid. Understand, they, yeah. I was going to say, so they are. And it's just like, On you average, sit there and you watch your, your prophet tell you, like, that you, what this ring will do, apparently, and that humanity is like, a stain, and it, it just can't, can't, can't have them. But no, then you watch your your deity right in front of your face be like, "Oh, actually, I need you, but uh, everyone will die, so that'll, yeah, it doesn't matter." And the birds still actively follow and protect him, and it's just like, dude, are you that? Like, it, it just made me mad as a child. I understood like how stupid <laughs> that was. I'm like, you guys are quite literally catching him in a lie, and you're still following him. Well, picture it this way. There's probably a reason as to why the prophets spurred on the takeover of the brutes from the elites. Yeah, because the elites were getting smart about it. No, yeah, the brutes are needed someone stupid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. I I get it. One hundred percent. I get it. Yeah. So I mean, if you're in a and even like you're and saying, they had, like raw like strength, like the brutes weren't no slot, like they weren't no Sangheili, but by all means, they were not. Slouches. I mean, you got a, You got an army that you can manipulate very well, and can also fight incredibly well when the time comes. So it's just like, yeah, I don't necessarily like blame the prophets for like going that direction because you weren't going to manipulate the Sangheili like that. It just was not going to happen. Mm. And like you're saying, like not only are they a pretty decent army and they're strong but they're blindly loyal because there's even that scene in halo 2 the please don't shake the light yeah bulb, these where yeah. literally he just lays out the entire something thing that was with the arbiter yeah, saying, something that was there when the rings were created is literally telling you <laughs> hey and the brutus is like shut up <laughs> yeah he just chucks him and then they fight so they just well, weren't it, willing to hear it and a, that went perfectly with what the prophets to get, wanted you know really like not to like tie it too much into like reality but like it shows that a lot of times blind faith can lead to those kind of reactions out of people like yeah. where if you lay something out yeah. right in front of them and this goes for anything from video game opinions to religion and politics like if you just lay out something to somebody plain as day either they'll hear it and be like whoa my world's changed or they will become immediately hostile and just reject it and yeah. 
mm-hmm. retreat. Yeah, it's it's brutal, and Halo has always been good at brutal. that. They, they, brutal. Ha, 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 Halo's always been good at that, though. <laughs> Halo it, it often will do its very best to kind of create these sort of stories and scenarios that are awfully similar to situations that either we have experienced in the past or are likely to experience in the future. Um, I'm just hoping that we never get anything similar to the Office of Naval Intelligence ever. But <laughs> yeah, would that be, be real, crazy? It's probably already here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's probably the most fascinating part about Halo's story, especially given how its influences. You can definitely see influences from other sci-fi, like the 1970s uh, book I mean, series Ring I mean, World. Not not, uh, not even just other sci-fi series. It's like there's like references to you know like the Bible too, like the flood. Oh no, that, that was the that was arc. the thing I was going to build up to that. The, yeah, the, the flood. The fact the that arc. Halo is strongly influenced and inspired from the Bible. Almost every almost every part of it has some sort of connection back to the Bible. Well, you can say it's a cycle. Fascinating. You can you the way bit, I yeah. say the way I see it is the what Halo is trying to do with its story and with the terms that these places have is that these are terms that were passed around and interpreted into like christianity you know you have the ark the flood is mm-hmm. and, and like in the flood it's like we have our idea of that story which is you know noah's ark and blah blah and two of each species but the reality is that actually happened just in a much different way <laughs> yeah and it, it was fascinating, especially when you read the Forerunner trilogy and see how they they have actually in those books, they have a human that gets slowly disillusioned over time because this human believes in like these tribal things and believes that the Forerunners are gods and that, you know, when they're born, they're shaped by the librarian and then placed into the mother's womb, that whole thing. And it's like over the course of the books, this human gets slowly disillusioned and is like, wait, this is all science. And he starts freaking out. <laughs> uh, well, and it's it's great. Well, the more obvious version of that story is Halo 2 itself. Um, yeah. And it's fun because you basically get two Halo stories in one with that game because Chief's story so is much smooth. more bam, boom, let's kick ass Halo and then the Arbiter is this actually really human story about disillusionment and, Arbiter you know, has the finding story where you belong. Too. Oh, by far. And it, honestly, like, it's a story that really speaks to me, because, like, I don't want to get too personal, but it mirrors a lot of, you know, things that I've had, you know, thought and gone through in my own life. Mm-hmm. Like, but, and I just... It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's it. I don't want to go too in depth, but no, it's 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 cool. I mean, that's that's what Halo does, though. It's really good at telling these stories that are so broad, but they can apply to so many different sort of smaller either feelings or experiences, and it's that's probably why so many people get hooked on it so easily. Um, and that that story does not get any worse when the Covenant actually goes and fights humanity. Which, to be clear. We have no idea who fired the first shot. True. I would not blame either side. The thing is, is that all, all <laughs> we really fair. know is that the first one to die was a Covenant soldier. 
Good. But we don't know who fired the shot because the shot did not come from any of the soldiers well, that were present during the meeting. Let's, let's let's try to figure this out real quick. Like, I know there's like no definitive answer, but let's think logically for a second. So, essentially, we're going planet to planet, recru recruiting other aliens into their covenant. Mm -hmm. So they obviously know like there's life beyond themselves. Now, let me ask you this. Before Harvest and before the first, like, time encountering the Covenant, has humanity ever, did humanity knew there was alien life in the galaxy? Yes or no? Or the do we not know that? The intelligence did. So Oni knew there was alien life, but no one else did. Yes. So the soldiers that were attacked on Harvest had no idea. Yep. I'd not, be willing to bet... Clue. Humanity probably shot first. <laughs> it's like the office is just like, I feel like causing a problem today. That, yes, that, but also it's just like, again, thinking logically about it. I mean, they, they come in and go planet to planet, like obviously knowing for hundreds of years before we even run in them. Oh, yeah, there's life on other planets. And then humanity, I mean, the soldiers of the UNSC obviously have no freaking idea. I was so just saying there was a soldier that was just scared shitless and well, just... I mean, it, that, that, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we don't know. We run into some godforsaken alien from that's gonna eat my innards for f***ing breakfast and, <laughs> but, and then they're like and then the St. Healy or whoever they encountered first are like, oh yeah, there's more life than what we know on our covenant. Cool. I mean, granted, they probably weren't that cool about it, but it's just like, I'm just, I'm just saying like the surprise that there's life outside of their knowledge like or their species is already broken like who knows yeah. how we reacted personally to seeing an elite and again who knows which one of the covenant we actually saw first can you imagine like the first thing a human sees is a hunter like oh my god first thing they saw was a i was, I was gonna was say i'm pretty sure the first thing we saw was a brood and yeah, not only okay. that just a chief highly yeah, yeah you got me I highly recommend so up. you read. <laughs> I highly recommend you read uh, Contact no, Harvest because yeah. that details yeah. that. If um, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering correctly, when they were having a little meeting, like first contact meeting, the Covenant didn't like obviously didn't have any real interest in like making peace with them and coexisting the entire time they were sort of just snooping around trying to find where all these relics were that they were right. seeing on their luminary yep. so i think the gist of what i got from when i read that was that they were sneaking around and startled somebody while they were sneaking around and that's how it well, started I mean, the first i mean the first thing you see a, is a, a giant space monkey yeah i'd be terrified too like considering <laughs> how, now, now that makes me rethink my answer like the first thing you see is a brute now that could go either way well, yeah. the thing, that the way I see it, absolutely go either way. Let's think about it. They've seen they 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 had they've had to have seen alien life before this, just not that type of alien life. They've probably just you know you got your moas, you know you got whatever those, those that one big thing right. in Reach was intelligent, intelligent human. You life, see your first I guess is the or alien life, I should say, alien soldier. You see an alien yeah. cladded in armor, probably has a gravity hammer, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, he clearly has some type of weapon. Like you see something you've he never seen. Yeah, you see something you've never seen. You can assume like when something is armed, like something walking around that kind of looks like humanoid, but also looks apish, and it it has some crazy armor on, has a weapon. Yeah, like it would not surprise me in the slightest.
There's hey, actually he had he had the hammer. Yeah, yeah there's actually hammer? another detail. Yeah, he did. There was okay, actually another yeah, detail though out. about about this whole thing. Yeah, uh, we like I said, we don't know who fired the first shot and started the the actual conflict. But the funny thing is, is that we know for a fact who committed the first casualty of the war, and it's a Huragok. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Cause, oh, cause, wait. I do remember. Because here's the thing: about. there's uh, there were there was a moment uh, where a Covenant, like a, a, a scouting ship, ran into a human transport ship, and without going into too much detail, a couple of these humans are just like, "What is going on? What what did I just bump into?" Um, and the crew of that that scouting ship decided to explore the human ship a little bit. Oh no, uh, including <laughs> a Huragok. And no. so these humans see them. Obviously, freak out and start flipping. Shit, I mean, yeah, uh, and starts it starts getting all hostile. And the Huragok throws a rock so hard that it goes through <laughs> one of their heads. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and again, they were looking through the ship because on their luminary it showed, "Hey, there's there's a relic on here." Mm -hmm. So they go in and they only find humans. What, where's the relic? Unfortunate. How are you doing? They're lighter than some. There's, there's supposed to be a ton of relics One. here, and I'm just seeing a ton of humans. What's going on? I don't get it. Me and my pea brain, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get this it. This is why I need the prophets to think for me. Exactly. But yeah, that that's those early war facts are some of my favorites but then we get into the that's real nitty-gritty why like i i want another halo game that's like the style of can you like imagine like a like a reach like like styled gritty horror-esque horror vibes like fps version of harvest i know we got into halo wars but can you imagine if we got like a re like a, a game about harvest with like the similarities of halo reach that, that wasn't be... even the first Battle of Harvest. That was the second Battle of Harvest. So yes, we do need the a fact game that about the first Harvest battle. survived for there to be a second Battle of Harvest is pretty impressive. <laughs> Nothing short of yeah. a miracle. I, I I would literally give my left foot for an FPS like version <laughs> of Harvest. Like even even just as a Marine or just you know what screw like just throwing an OD like making an ODST game about Harvest. Mm -hmm. That would because be so I mean cool. I don't know I know there were Spartans on Harvest, but I mean. I mean, you could introduce a new character or find a way to work in old characters, but, you know, an, an ODST's perspective of Harvest would be actually insane, and I would be here for it. What, what, it would. Were there Spartans on Harvest? I honestly don't know. I'm just asking. The Spartan is Spartan. Wasn't Red Team on Harvest? Spartans were deployed during the time of Harvest. Spartans were ready to go by that point. That's what I'm saying, like, from start to from the start to finish, and if they were, like, deployed in the middle of everything, like, that's why I feel like it'd be more likely to have, like, work an ODST in there rather than a Spartan, so it'd match up with the cannon. Yeah, they were wearing OG Mark IV armor, I believe, not Chiefs Mark V. Be cool to, like, reference reference the, the Spartans after they were deployed, like, throw references to Halo Wars and do it, like, in the middle of everything. It but oh dope. my gosh, like I, I would love with the modern technology and the engine that we have now, like I would love a game like that. I would adore mm -hmm. it. Um, since we're coming close to the end of our time, I'm just gonna wrap up the general story of the Covenant, and then we can do whatever else talking we want to do. Um, okay. Pretty much from there, it's kind of cut and dry. Uh, it, it, war is a huh, thing. What is it good for? Uh, the Covenant are on a constant eh, covenant are in a constant goal to wipe out humanity at all costs humanity is stubborn and will not die 
they survive surprisingly well, despite the fact that over the course of 20 years, because the, the, the war itself was roughly like 23 years, um, or no, 27, 27 years, um, over the course of 27 years, humanity had lost hundreds of planets billions so of people it's the only, it's the only like, reason probably went on that long is just because of how many colonies we had on different planets we had that's kind of hilarious actually the covenant has thousands like i don't even think we can number how many ships the covenant has but uh we we can't really exactly number how many colonies humanity has either because the covenant don't have that many confirmed colonies because they all live on high charity but the but humanity has tons of them. So it took them a long time to get to the inner colonies, but pretty much the only goal of, let's say, like, Thel, the, the Arbiter from Halo 3, when he was doing his whole human destruction campaign, uh, his whole goal was just to burn through all the colonies until he reaches the ones that matter. <laughs> and eventually he did. He attacked Reach. Yeah. So... Uh, that was that was a big deal when they got to reach because that meant they not only found a critically important planet that was housing all sorts of forerunner information and Spartan intel and Office of Naval Intelligence stuff, so much stuff that you would have to delete with Cold Protocol. Um, they not only that, but they had made it to the inner colonies, and the inner colonies are basically the heart of human life. So. The closer that they get to the center of the inner colonies is the closer they get to Earth, which that did, of course, happen. Granted, they did it on accident and they didn't know that they had <laughs> shown up on Earth, but they did pull up to Earth and Earth responded by firing a lot. Uh, but unfortunately, despite the fact that it was only uh, one ship, yeah, the, most of their defenses were destroyed by that one ship. So that was uh, very pathetic, but that's how it kind of is. I think it's safe to say the Cole Protocol probably saved humanity. Probably. What multiple is that? Times. Cole Protocol is basically, if at any point, any form of shipboard AI or any other form of information that could leak these, the location of Earth is present, it must be destroyed in the, case, in the event that the Covenant finds it. So let's say a uh, ship needs to get abandoned. Well, you're going to have to set that ship to either self-destruct or tell the AI to delete all information on the ship and then itself. Like, Covenant pulls up, memory wipe yep so somewhat like, similar even, to like, even before the battle has so started. somewhat similar to pillar of autumn then basically pretty much that, i that, mean they, i mean, mean that, that was, was detonated the, to like destroy the ring obviously but like eh, well, I, I he, mean, the, he he still did cold protocol that was right. like him, him crashing the ship and getting cortana off the ship was part of cold protocol uh so that was all accurate uh, but upon getting to Earth, they do their whole song and dance. We all know what happens here because that is the events of Halo 2 and Halo 3. Uh, uh, and so you must be silenced. Truth is killed. Uh, Truth also killed the other two prophets, but we'll get into that later. Uh, and, and the overall story of the Covenant kind of ends on sort of like a the fall of Rome kind of vibe because... One day the Covenant is a shining example of unity and uniformity and sort of a interspecies success story uh, by that point anyway. But then one single day passes after that and it is nothing but civil war, flood infection, and no one Famine, left alive. Plague. 
It took base. It really did take one day for high charity to fall and for trillions to die. So it was ridiculous. Uh, And after all that happened, the the covenant decided basically like whatever was left of the covenant's government decided that it was best to either return to their home worlds or to make their own factions. Uh, In the case of the Sangheili, for example, they made all sorts of different ones. We had Servants of the Abiding Truth. We had the Swords of Sanghelios. Uh, Jewel Dama made his own version of the Covenant called the Storm Covenant. Uh, there was just all sorts of different factions that just kind of popped up trying to uphold various either antitheses of the Covenant or mantras of the Covenant. So it was all sorts of different stuff. Lots of fighting still happened. And it was the Office of Naval Intelligence's job to watch all of them to make sure that none of them did anything that could potentially risk humanity. And of course, that involved some pretty uh, not great Based things. stuff. I mean, like yeah. trying to kill them all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Possibly so, provoking another war. <laughs> Maybe. So, in the end, uh, the Covenant is matter. probably one of the most powerful spacefaring organizations that you could probably find in halo lore at the height of their power they probably would have actually put up a pretty decent fight against something like forerunners um just because of the fact that they had so many ships on one-to-one fighting not even close but in terms of ships their ships are basically ripped right off from forerunner tech anyway so they're using copy and paste in a way with their own special designs and such Okay, here's the issue with that, though. Have you... I, I can't remember if you... I know I asked. Did you read... Uh, what was the name of it? The one with... Um, it was Onyx. Ghost of Onyx. Have no. you read that yet? Okay. Um, Sentinels versus Covenant Fleet. Sentinels win. Well, yeah. I mean, we also <laughs> see that in Halo Wars, too. A bunch of Sentinels split a ship in half. Yeah, but, but like... Like... Onyx was a forerunner planet. And they had, like, sentinel production in there, and they just had gazillions of sentinels that could form up to basically create their own ships. Literally just one shot, any cruiser. They were a genius afterthought. They weren't even involved with the Forerunner fleet at first. That was, like, when the Uh, flood became a thing, they were like, we need something that's not alive! And so they made the sentinels. (laughs) Yeah, those, those guys were terrifying. They they were great. They were very helpful, and their emotionless destruction knows no bounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Covenant itself was incredibly impressive. Uh, it's just all of its background story is nothing but sadness and destruction. So it's it's like it looks great on the outside and on the inside. High charity is very spacious, but uh, <laughs> <It is. laughs> but it's. Highly, highly recommend uh, book for your next vacation in high chair. Not right now, though. Not a good idea right now. I hear there's an infection going around. That's well, not <laughs> for another like 500 girl. years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, that's kind of the the gist of the covenant. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that one there. I think that now is a good time to move on to our after show, gents. So I'm going to end the episode here. Uh, we appreciate you so much for listening, though. We we like that we're actually getting into topics that all of us can fully contribute to. I yes. especially am a fan of that because as much as I love talking about precursors and forerunners, I don't like only talking about precursors <laughs> and forerunners. So 
Uh, next week, though, you can feel free to hop over onto that one because next week is going to be all about the UNSC and what is what is more interesting than watching humans unite somehow against a, a common threat. Knowing how the UNSC started and where it's at now, it's a fantastic story. So highly recommend that you join in for us on, on that episode next week. Uh, but for now, uh, if you're a patron, then stay tuned because After Show will be coming up next. Uh, if you're not a patron, you should really consider subscribing because we got some really good conversation going on down there too. And it's not just strictly Halo. We, we're just out here vibing for like an hour. So feel free to hop on over there and we'll see you all there. Thank you very much for listening. The library was produced and published by Jumperscape Audio. Funding was provided by our fantastic patrons on Patreon. Big thanks to Dark Salad 42 and Connor Clark. If you enjoy the show and wish to support Jumperscape's future projects or get some sweet benefits, join our Patreon at patreon.com jumperscape or become part of this truly special community at discord.gg jumperscape. Thank you for your listenership and we hope you enjoyed. <laughs>